Hello everyone and welcome back to the Yankee Nation podcast presented by NYC Sports Nation and Wagon Enterprises. Uh, I'm Austin Verhill and along with Tim LaDuca, today we're going to be talking about the series against the Angels and the sweep against the Giants, and we have even more injuries. Uh, we're also going to touch on the uh, upcoming series against Arizona, and we also have a class time. Uh, but, but before we start any of that, uh, t- Tim, how do you feel about the, the uh, status of the current Yankees? Well, the Yankees, we talked about this just off, day, off air. They're in the top five for power rankings, and they're playing with just about a complete AAA lineup. And so I was feeling really good about myself being a Yankees fan. I love the way this team is headed, headed uh, floating above 500. Excuse me, floating above 500 with all these injuries. And so today I decided in order to kind of help with my self-esteem, I don't want to get too, too – uh, confident and too big, so I wore my Knicks hat today, <laughs> so that it kind of brings me back down to earth. But yeah. these Yankees are on a good streak, and I can't wait to see what happens in the future. You know, that's a good idea. But I mean, the the only way you could t- if you wear a, a Giants hat, I know you're not a Giants fan, but I'm sure we no. have plenty of Giants fan listening. Uh, th- that's that's a good thing to do because I don't know what they're doing. Um, but with all that being said, how about it? You're listening to a New York Sports Nation production. Enhancing your New York sports experience. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match here. But at night, it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, and dance. All right, well... One person who has been fantastic has been Luke Voigt. He was named the Player of the Week this week. Uh, this week, he hit 433 with five home runs and had 17 RBIs, which is fantastic, especially considering all the injuries that we have going on at the moment. Yeah, the one thing I'm nervous about is that winning the Player of the Week may be a kiss of death. And since Luke Voigt is getting recognized for how great he's been, Probably gonna hit the IL now in this week. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Cause what were we doing last podcast? We were kissing up to Clint Frazier and we we're kissing up to DJ LeMahieu. And for sure, now both of them are our our two favorite players <laughs> are on the yeah. IL right now. Um, well, actually, I I misspoke there. DJ is not on the IL, and it's reported that he's supposed to miss the IL. X-rays came back negative, but Clint was supposed to miss the IL. Yeah, he's on it. Um, good news about Clint though is it seems like he'll be back soon. Uh, he hit in the in the batter's cage and he ran on a treadmill, um, and he's supposed to run on field during Arizona. And if that goes well, he should be back soon. This is all according to Brian uh, Hoke. So, thankfully, we're going to get back our guys. Uh, I, I'm i pretty shocked that Clint Frazier went on the IL because the way he was acting seemed like he was going to be able to play through it. And I understand that players are able to play through injuries, especially when stuff like ankles, knees get banged up here and there. But the fact that he had to go on the IL tells me it must have been at least pretty serious and enough discomfort to affect the way he plays. You see pictures of his swing. He really relies heavily on that ankle when he takes his big, powerful swings. 
So it's it's good that it's just a shorter IL stint, and he's going to be able to fix himself up. Uh, on a selfish note, he's been a pretty big help on my fantasy baseball team. <laughs> and uh, I have there are a few points throughout this podcast we're going to be able to talk about some players on my roster. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but my fantasy team, we've won two straight, so we're back to 500 throughout the I, first four weeks. I was and, never able to get into fantasy. I could never do it. Like, I... I loved like the idea of it. Uh huh. I mean, I I had one where we would always quit like halfway through. So then we started. You gotta put money on it. We put in, we only put in like ten bucks each, so it rounded out to be like a hundred bucks. But um, like we would we do one where we would only do it once a week. We'd adjust the lineups, uh, and we would maybe, we thought maybe that would help us get through it. But I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I put 25 beans on this one. Uh, it's not with anyone I know. I just joined a competitive league I found, and I started off a little slow. I didn't draft pitchers well. But I was thinking I got to throw this season away, so I was kind of like you for a second. But I made some good roster moves, and right now I've battled my way back to 200 or 500. Uh, Shout-out to Zach Eflin. He pitched a nine-inning nine complete game for the Phillies last night. I picked him up that day. Uh, and he got me 46 points, helped put me over the hump, got that dub. But I'm 500 while these Yankees are well over 500, and they're playing some of the best baseball in the majors. And they're doing it in a tough environment, not necessarily tough opponents, but traveling across the country is not easy. Yeah. I, 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 I do want to talk about that, but going back to the fantasy thing real quick. Oh, okay. Uh, we kind of this is a little bit about your fantasy we i don't know who's listening to this but someone important is because we damn near forced the blue jays to call up Vlad jr and oh and i have Vlad jr on my year, team i mean last episode that you have him on your team sitting and waiting so i think someone in the blue jays organization wants to help you out i think they like you i think yeah. the, they like the fact that you go to bison games so <laughs> there it it seems to be that Vlad Jr. is up all because of us. Yeah, he only has gotten me three points so far. He's striking out a little bit, only getting one hit a game. But he's, <laughs> not, he's got a three-game hit streak, so that's all that matters to me. That's literally your name on Twitter at the moment. It is. I will continue to update it based on how many hits he gets. So will at any point, will it say he is at a zero-game hit streak? No, because he's going to have a hit streak the entire season. And his entire career? Yeah, he's never going to knock it <laughs> All right. So let's move on to what, what the Yankees have been doing the past week. Um, on Tuesday, the Yankees won 7-5 of five in a game that was not nearly as close as it sounds. Um, Domingo Herman had another great start, going uh, six and two-thirds, only giving up four hits and one run, and the run wasn't even earned. Um, he had five strikeouts and one walk. Uh, he did really well. He has been... a a bright spot uh, in this Yankees team so far. Uh, Zach Britton got the save, and Voy hit two more home runs that day. And again, another prediction that we had last episode, we were talking about Mike Ford, and we were talk- I talked about how he catches hitting it to Trout, and then you mm-hmm. said, what if he just hits it over the fence? He can't catch it then. And then he hits it over the fence. Yeah, we're, we're speaking this team into existence, and... We also were criticizing the home run calls of John Sterling, and I think he did a good job with Mike Ford's home run call. 
he said something like he referenced Ford's old slogan, "There's a Ford in your future." Even though it's not in your future, it's in the present. He just hit a bomb. Uh, <laughs> so I was I was okay with that, but it's really hard to mess up Mike Ford's home run when he has a last name like that. Yeah, and here's the I love John Sterling. Like I don't listen to radio, and some of his calls are questionable, but like you gotta love that man. Like he's eighty. He's gonna be eighty-one this year, and he just did his five thousandth career game. So. There's a few that he he was talking to Meredith after the um the game where he did his five thousandth game, uh-huh. uh, and he was talking about she was asked about the calls or whatever. She goes, "Are they planned or are they off the dome?" He said, "The really good ones like the A bomb from A Rod and Robbie Cano, don't you know? Those were all off off the dome, and it seems <laughs> to be more of the the ones people don't like or the ones he thinks about more, like the the John Carlo." Yeah. Which honestly... No Stipostal Parlo. I, ah, I know. Me too. I'm so <laughs> mad about that. That call didn't grow on me. It's catchy. Giancarlo. No Stipostal Parlo. I butchered it, but it's general. Yeah, I, it, it it's really, general. Uh, the, the reason it was so weird when I first... is because Giancarlo is not Ita- Italian. So I yeah. don't... <laughs> it's an Italian name, but it's not... Did he get it legally changed? But it, it's not his real... It, his name was Mike. So... It's kind of strange, uh, but I kind of love it at the same time. Uh, Judges was obviously a slam dunk. And Mike Ford's was good. Um, Gio Urshela's I actually kind of liked. The Gio Urshela, the, the happiest fella. Like, I liked that one. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, what are some other good ones? Granderson? The Grandy Man can? I don't know. Some, yeah, I don't, okay. I don't listen to radio. Uh as often as other people do. Um, I listen to the radio uh, quite a lot, actually, just being at school. Sometimes I'm, I'm busy doing homework or I'm listening on the radio, and he kind of he, – he rambles, and he's he, he only cares about batting average. And <laughs> He's 80, and, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know. I know. I'm just jealous. <laughs> Here's the thing. He he's not as good as Vince Scully, but he gives me a Vince Scully vibe. Like just being there, seeing all these plays. If there is one man in baseball that I want to talk to more than anyone else, it's Vince Scully. Uh, I'd I'd like to talk to Reggie Jackson personally, but I, that's a good that's a good one too, Vince Scully. I'm reading a book right now about baseball stadiums, and every stadium is being described by the announcers who work there. And uh, I'm, I haven't got a Dodger stadium yet, but I'm excited to read what. That Vince would be the Scully first has to one say, I go to because Vince Scully is just I could listen to that man talk for hours on hours. Yeah, I, I was first introduced to him back when I was probably ten or eleven, and my brother and I found MLB ninety nine, <laughs> and he was the he he did the calls on that video game. So when we were playing a big good throwback game, we were first introduced to Scully. That's kind of sick. That's the year yeah. I was born. Is that, is that the year you were born? I don't know. That's yeah, the year maybe. I was born. Um, yeah, that's gotta be, I remember I was, I, as I mentioned in the last episode, I think for the first time that I had epilepsy, I was in the hospital back in 2014 and I was bored as all hell. So they come in with like this dinosaur TV from like 2002 and they uh-huh. like roll it in and like that school cart that like they would bring to yeah. watch like health movies, uh-huh. like, they roll it in and there's a PlayStation 2. And it's 2014. 
So uh-huh. they gave me uh the whole thing of games, and I I popped in uh MLB 04. Sweet. I was playing with like 04 Yankees, and what really, I one of the doctors came and played with me. He was pretty dope. I love that guy. Like <laughs> we were, it blew his mind because I knew the players more than he did. So like that was, that was the, like the only old game that I played. Like I played them when they came out, but in terms of like throwback, I never really played any throwbacks. Yeah, I'm not a real big video game player in general, but when I was younger, we did play a lot of 2K. I don't even know if it was called 2K, but it was Baseball 99. So we had Barry Bonds, Chuck Knobloch, Vlad Guerrero, <laughs> stuff like that. It was really fun. All right, well, we'll move back to this game. Uh, we mentioned Ford Homer. Torres hit a single, uh, and then Chad Green came in. Oh, my God. Chad Green, I love. I love Chad Green. Since back in 2017, I have... I don't have his jersey, but I have like that jersey shirt. You know what I mean? Um, jersey, yeah. Is that what they call? Yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, for sure. So, uh, I have I have his jersey. Um, he gives up like I can't remember if they were hits or one of them was a walk, but he gets three men on base, then lets a bomb off by Justin Bohr. Um and then he, he gets option to triple A. Now, here's the thing. I He can struggle. Every, every pitcher is going to struggle at one point. Mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about him. I know that he's going to get back to him. Uh, what makes it even better is the fact that he had options. So we were able to option him down and let him fix it in the triple A. And then we'll call him right back up uh, when he, he works it all out. And we'll be fine. It's kind of almost exactly what happened with Canely last year. Oh, uh, well, I'm just looking at his numbers at face value, and I really hope he's able to fix a 16.43 ERA yeah, it's really in seven bad. innings pitched and really 2.4, bad. a 2.4 whip. So he's given up nearly two and a half walks and hits. He's given up just about two and a half runners per inning, and when you're only pitching seven innings, that is not a good rate to be at. No. He does have a uh, one-to-one innings pitch to strikeout ratio, though. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to find a bright spot, but I mean, you, you could you could pull any number to pretend that it's good, but it's just not. Um, no, but the numbers that are good are the past two and a half seasons. Exactly. For the guy, uh, his whip's been hovering around one. He was a sub-one whip in 2017. He's a strikeout guy. Not a lot of home runs. He's given I hope more he figures home it out. Runs this month than he has in 2017 in a whole. So yeah, that it's something four, four and four. Yeah, it's something to worry about. Um, but again, I think it will get fixed, and it's not something to worry about when he's in the AAA. So now I, he's a now he's a real uh, rail rider, not just yeah, these no, big, <laughs> he's an actual rail rider. The big leagues. He's an actual rail rider. All right, well, let's move on to Wednesday. Uh, the Yankees won 6-5. to five. Uh, Oh, wait, real quick. Here's an opportunity for me to bring up my fantasy baseball team again. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Green. I nearly forgot about him because in fantasy, I drafted him. I'm like, oh, this is a score. I dra- drafted him late. Uh, but I already optioned him to the fantasy AAA, and I cut him from my team before he let up that, that grand slam. So thankfully, it saved me a couple of points. 
But Chad Green, I'm sorry to tell you, you've been demoted twice, not just in real life, but also in my fantasy league. Is this a fantasy triple A? No, I just cut him. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was like, what? Okay. So moving on to Wednesday, the Yankees went 6-5. to five. Uh, well, Weisinger got the win, but the game was started by CeCe. CeCe didn't start too hot um, this game. Uh, he was looking for his 3,000th uh, career strikeout. He... He, he needed six, he got three strikeouts, so he's three shy at the moment. Uh, he pitched five innings, gave up six hits, five runs, four of them earned. Uh, had three strikeouts, but gave up three home runs. Two of those home runs were just uh, Ajalton Simmons, who... How's he is doing that my fantasy team? How's, okay, so you would know. How's he doing this year? Because he had a f- uh, wonderful time against us. Yeah, that's the thing. I had him on my team originally, and... He was struggling throughout the early parts of the season. And then he started getting on a, a multiple-game hit streak. He started getting two to three hits per game. And right, so that's why I picked him up right before the game Wednesday. And thankfully so, because now Simmons, when I pull up his, um, his stats, uh, he's, he's been doing a lot better recently. He's got 20, 20 base knocks. He's, he's betting. 33 for 117 at-bats, and he's got three home runs, so he's not necessarily hitting for power right now, but those two home – because those two home runs were two of the three he's hit in total. Yeah. But he's more of a defensive player overall, but he does rank up there as one of the better hitting shortstops when he's um, – not. he's not in the top five or anything, maybe not even top ten, but he's he's definitely above average for short hitting shortstops. And – He's he had a tough beginning of the year, but he he seems to have bounced back, and the Yankees were the catalyst for him. I mean, obviously, if you he had a hell of a series where he there's at one point this infuriated me where it was the hidden ball trick. It, oh my oh god! My, yeah, because it, it was hit. Was it Lemayhew who hit it? It was hit well. I, it might have been Lemayhew. I could be wrong about that. Uh, he hit. Wade it, was on second base. Wade was on second. Uh, he hit it well. It almost went over uh, Trout's head, but obviously it's Trout, so it didn't go over his head. He makes a great play. He throws the second. Wade was already standing on second, but this infuriates me in everything where he just holds the glove on him and waits for him to move his foot, and then they show the instant replay, and unless they had a different angle that we didn't, there was zero divinity definitive proof that he lifted his foot up while his hand was on his back but that's not what replay was supposed to be replay was supposed to be for egregious calls like when uh galarraga i believe was his name when he was with the tigers and it was the last out of the game that it was going to be a perfect game or a no hitter and he yeah i think that, it was a perfect game yeah and that first base um jim joyce i believe it was just uh-huh. messed up that call like crazy. That's what re- review was for. It wasn't for, hey, uh, was his cleat spike off of the bag? What, like, was he touching? Like, is there a grain of sand in between the cleat and the bag? Like, like that infuriates me. Oh, well, th- that's the thing. I think that the... the well, I was watching, obviously, and I was like, oh, there's no definitive evidence, but... If I kind of stepped back and looked at it objectively, he was definitely out. He was definitely off the bag, even if they didn't have another camera angle. I think it was just 
personally for me biased for being rooting for the Yankees. And Dude, I'm a, no, I completely understand that. Like I understand why the but still yeah, like I mean yeah. that probably shouldn't be a thing that could get reviewed. You know, like if it wasn't egregious. Like well, there's no way to 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 I, determine. I guess you're right. But I'm just saying, like, Phil Hughes tweeted about it. He doesn't like it. Michael Kay has said on numerous occasions how much he hates it yeah. when it's stuff like that. Um, But but moving on from that, let, let's move on to something I like, which is DJ LeMahieu. Uh, he had three RBIs that game. Uh, He's just been on fire. Obviously, we talked about how he got hurt, and it looks like he'll be back soon. Like, he may miss only one or two games at most. So, thankfully, that's it. Uh, obviously, today, we're recording this on Monday. And it's our, our first off day in forever, by the way. So, he has some time to rest up today. Uh, we're, mo- we're going out to Arizona. And hopefully, he'll be back for this series. But if not, we'll, we'll have to wait until... Who's next? Is, it, who, is Houston next? Who's next? Arizona. No, but after Arizona, I mean. Oh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked that far in the future. Yeah, I think it may be Houston. It may not. I could be wrong. But if he's not back for Arizona, hopefully he'll be back for the the next series. Um, and then we'll we'll talk about the Giants series where we we swept the Giants in a very fun series, if you ask me. Like I really like this series. Meredith Morakovitz in the kayak in the river. <laughs> Was yeah. was like my favorite. You couldn't yeah, she hear. Was, she was, couldn't hear a word she was, she was saying. You couldn't hear a word she was saying with the wind. It was really funny. I don't know what was. I think that's why I loved it so much. Was it was just like a. It was chaotic. You couldn't hear anything that was going on. Yeah, that brings up actually two points that I want to touch on. First of all, I saw a tweet that said, "If you take away the surrounding area of." Oracle Park in San Francisco, it's not that good of a park. And I completely disagree about that. I it's think very, that Oracle, it's aesthetically pleasing, that park. Inside, it is very aesthetically yeah, pleasing, even if you can't so. see out in the bay. But in the, in the afternoon, and the Yankees luckily got to play those afternoon games, it is gorgeous to see it out in the water and the palm trees. But even the features inside, I love the way the park is structured. I love the uniqueness of right field with McCovey Cove. Is that why uh, you texted outside, me when you texted me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to expose. You said that it's dark, so I can't see the stadium in our last podcast. And I, like, I kind of just let it go, but after seeing Oracle I, it was Park, kind of, the series, it was kind of I was kind of joking. Like, oh, come on! But honestly, that stadium is very nice. Okay, but a ball field is a ball field. I would, no, there, there's stuff about it. Oh, my gosh. There's some stadiums that I, the PNC Park I really like. I, that one is, is very external, externally pleasing as well, but I think that the way that uh, at or Oracle Park, excuse me, is structured inside, not just the surrounding yeah, did like, they change the, the name? view. It was they AT&T. did change from AT&T I hate Oracle. when they do that. They did that with Seattle, too. Yeah, it's T-Mobile. Now it's T-Mobile, which is way worse than Safeco Field. Um but like, uh, I I love PNC Park as I mentioned. I mentioned last podcast I think that Miami Park might yeah. be my favorite one. I love that place. But yeah, guess they're, what? they're the only park that has that uh, that 
at least they used to have those lime green walls instead of dark green. They do. Them. Those are sick. Those are beautiful. The fish tanks, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. And if I'm not wrong, they add a new fish for every home run. That's awesome. Hopefully, like, that's good, thing, good thing there won't be too much overcrowding for PETA to get upset about because there won't be many home runs hit there. Okay, I just got an update on LeMahieu. Uh, MR reveals infielder DJ LeMahieu has inflammation in his right knee. He's day-to-day, so he's not on the IL. He's day-to-day. Um, that's good. But talking about the, the part... They're not gonna have to worry about overcrowding because it's the Marlins. They're not gonna do yeah. anything. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of even though Marlins Park is inside, it still is a good park, and that's not the case for Tropicana Field. But I mentioned just no. a second ago that I had two points about Meredith Morakovitz and how it's kind of it was kind of hectic, and you liked that it was hectic out when she was mm-hmm. uh, in the in the can, canoe or, or whatever you want to call kayak. it, the kayak. Yeah. I'll get my uh, my water my water vocabulary correct. Anyway, <laughs> you said that it was it was hectic and you enjoyed it. And in a 162 game season, when you're covering games, things are going to get a little hectic on the field and in the booth. And so that brings me to a point where I noticed throughout this West Coast trip, people have been bashing Michael K for making like small mistakes, like yeah. saying Voight instead of someone else or Wade instead of. Gardner, and I just want to let them know, first of all, he's jet-lagged, he, so that is the reason it may have been happening, but also, when you're talking for four hours a day, On minimum, top of his radio show. Have, on top of his radio show, you make small mistakes. I do radio here at my school. I do, um, I have a radio show, and I also call hockey games as well as some other sports here, and you, you make small mistake once in a while. You say your name wrong, or you, you, I said puck instead of ball while I was calling a lacrosse game. Like small things happen when you're talking for two hours straight. And that's just what Twitter is nowadays and Yankees Twitter in general. They want to nitpick every little thing. And I couldn't care less if Michael K accidentally called Wade Gardner. They're both fast. Dude, we can't and get through all- a damn podcast without me having to yeah. edit a bunch. <laughs> yeah, for for real. I don't know why people are obsessed. If if he started say, like messing up every batter or saying the wrong teams – or confusing rules with softball or slow pitch men's beer league softball, <laughs> then we can get a problem. Then we can have a problem. But if he's making these small mistakes once, once a, a trip, then um, we yeah. really need to just lay off the guy. And here's the thing: I love Michael K. I will defend him for my life. He is really my inspiration in this whole thing. So there, there is a one part. Like I said, that I. If I was talking baseball, I'd like to talk to Vince Scully. Number two is Michael K. Because the man knows his baseball. He knows his history. <coughs> Excuse me. But I, I don't... Nick Picking has been so so unbelievably uh, ex, like accepted and like popular right now. I guess mm-hmm. it's all because of Twitter. That like I, I don't understand it. Because you, if you think about it. Their job is obviously much more public and much bigger than ours are at our current stages in life. If I used to work at a yogurt, not a yogurt, a ice cream store, my little, I, there, I guarantee you there would have been at least one order a day that I did. Maybe I forgot the sprinkles or I didn't give extra sprinkles Yeah. or I never really got wrong flavors of ice cream, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so, 
We're talking small mistakes like that, and you would, if you're working and someone like freaks out on you about that, you'd be like, "What's wrong with this person? It was a small mistake. Big whoop! I'll get you another one." That's uh-huh. really in a fishbowl. That's all that he's ever done is like the mess up to is, that level. But he's on TV. Yeah, your your ice cream making is not being live streamed to <laughs> millions of people watching intently and passionately. So I hated that it, job. Thank God I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, if you, you're, it's not because you're not because you're messing up, but if Michael K is going to quit because <laughs> Sally Joe Steinbrenner one two three is mad about <laughs> is mad about one little mistake, then I'm, I'm sure he he does not care too much. And it always seems that the people who get upset are either like big Yankees accounts or people with less than 100 followers. I've been getting in a lot of fights on Twitter recently with people that Dude. are less than 100 followers. And when I realize that, I just I just get out of the fight. I'm like, okay, you have less than 100 followers. Get out of here. Okay, let's talk about that real quick. There was uh, a Twitter argument that you got into that was yes. crazy to me. Let's see if I can find the whole thread. I completely forgot about this. Okay, so we put a poll on our Twitter account in asking if fans were in favor of the Yankees allowing long hair and beards. And surprisingly, people are more in favor of having no long hair and no beards, uh, which is surprising to me because I am in favor of the long hair. But anyway, I got in a fight on Twitter over this with a <laughs> Twitter account user named Socks Lose LOL, and we can't read you what he said because he is his account was suspended. I'm not sure if it was after our argument, but essentially he was telling me that I don't like the Yankees if I like long hair, and he was telling me that the reason why the Yankees are good and – is because they don't allow long hair. And I said, what about the Red Sox? They've won four World Series since 2003. The Yankees have only won one since 2003. Hair has absolutely nothing to do with anything. You're being fooled by the Yankee front office. Uh, and he thought that I had like a burner account for some reason. Yeah. And then yeah. He said, Mike, so, yeah. So there was someone tweeting with you, agreeing with you. Caleb, uh, Caleb Hathaway 12. Yeah. So he, uh, he was agreeing with you. Uh, and yeah. Then- he, he then said, uh, Mike Trout doesn't have long hair. Yeah, and Red Sox. We, and we know, yeah. we know Caleb is your other accountant. To which then I, I had to step in because I'm like, <laughs> I go, sir, why would Tim need a burner? And yeah. then I try to explain it to him because I go, he's not saying Trout isn't the best. Yeah. He's just saying the reason he's the best isn't because he has short hair. So I, I yeah, definitely not. It's just, it's one of the weirdest arguments I ever said. If you want to say, hey, this is the way it's always been. It's the Yankee way. I think it's I think that's a dumb reason, but at least it's a reason. Yeah, like like it it has zero to do with the effect it has on the baseball field. It is more of an image thing than it is. A, mm-hmm. a, a product of your play because it doesn't have any effect on the product of your play no so it, it's just so he he then started i think he did end up uh blocking you didn't he uh i don't think so but i did say why am i concerning myself with a gimmick account with 100 followers see you later peasant and then <laughs> muted the muted the thread but he was like he was going through my tweets and calling me a cuck and like just making fun of me on tweets that weren't like concerning him you just my... yeah no here's the funniest part i don't know if you noticed this i almost brought it up but i didn't i can't remember what i was doing but 
every single tweet that he tweeted at you, he liked. <laughs> yeah, he was like all of his tweets. <laughs> Which it's like but giving I, yourself a high five. Yeah. But this is actually a good um transition point because the original reason for this whole poll about hair and the fight I got in is because Cameron Mabin is now a Yankee, and I was worried that the Yankees made him cut his dreads, but he cut him earlier before he came over to New York. But yeah, we're not I've been... the only one who has this policy. Um, yeah, the Rays have that policy still, I believe. Baltimore does, but it's interesting because Andrew Kashner, when he signed with the Orioles, had a clause in his contract that allowed him to keep his beard. Nice. So <laughs> there's some players that ain't messing do you, around. Do you know them. what? A player that I think will almost have to have that in his clause is Bumgarner if he gets dealt to the Yankees. I don't want we, Bumgarner. We saw, we saw Bumgarner in that series against the Giants, and his hair is too good to cut if he comes to the New York Yankees. Oh, yeah. His, is, like, what a main. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've been impressed with uh, Cameron Mabin. He got an RBI in his first at bat. He's got some good speed. Yeah, uh, okay, defender. He's okay. he's a good stopgap for while we're waiting for our replacements for our injuries to get healthy from their injuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really like a horrifying thing that's going on right now. Um, Cameron Maven, uh, he was with Miami last year. Uh, I think he got moved at the deadline. I don't remember. He started off this year with the Indians. He was just with the Indians. Uh, and he was also a giant at one point, somewhere in between then. So he's been all over the place. Um, so hopefully he's. Remember we were talking about numbers not long ago, and like how we were running on numbers. He picked number thirty-eight, which is one that I completely forgot about. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Thirty-eight was. I, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. You like the number thirty-eight? That is irrelevant to me. Kind of like I mean. I kind of like it. Like, like there are a few of like obscure numbers that I think are sick. Like, you you follow the Cubs as well. Um, yep. When Wade Davis had the number seventy one, I was like, "That's a dope number." That's more of a hockey number to me. I I don't like it. Well, it, I think it's because he was seventeen, and then seventeen was taken. Oh, okay. Account. If he it was, has a reason, I, I like that. He was seventeen when he was with the Royals. He got moved to the Cubs. I think the Cubs had someone with the number seventeen. And so we just flipped uh, Chris Bryant. Oh, yeah, he's a little important. No, wasn't he? You, you know this more than I would. I thought he was 13. Whatever. I, no, I think idiot. he's 17. David Bodie is 13. Okay, I, I'm just an idiot. Um, I, don't, right. <laughs> I don't watch much Cubs. They're not on TV over here. Um, so so coming, going back to the Giants series, which is what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sanchez came back. Uh, thank God, because yeah. the man is hitting jacks. And let me tell you something. I said this in the off season. You were a little bit more skeptical about him. Yeah. Um, he started off this year really well, and then he gets hurt. He comes back. He struggles a little bit, but that was just a little bit of rust because he clearly knocked all the rust off, and he is hitting jacks. So I love everything that's going on with him. He had his first grand slam of his career. Uh, it was towering, um, and it, it's just like poetic justice to see Gary Sanchez hitting, hitting Daddy Jacks. Yeah, I, was his Grand Slam the one that won four hundred and sixty-seven feet? 
Was it that far? It might have been. Yeah. Because one hit... of one of his home runs this series was 467 feet. Which and is I have a, a little. Long <laughs> yeah. This is this is kind of a cruel game to play based on what the answers are. So you need to come up with a game for me to play instead of the other way around. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I'll come up with a game. That the 467 foot home run he hit is the fifth farthest home run hit in the regular season so far in 2019. Really? That's who? That's a lot. Who, who are the four other? Who? What are the four names above him? Oh Jesus! Just okay. guess one, and I I can tell you that it probably isn't right. All right. Well, is Yelich up there because he's hit 14 no. of them? Nope. Um, let me think of like just power hitters. If Chris Davis, the one with the C, is up there, I might. He is not. Okay. <laughs> what about the other Chris Davis? Don't want the K. No, I'll give you one hint. Two of the players are on the Cubs. Two of the players are on the Cubs. I'm I'm assuming they're obscure players, right? Like players you wouldn't expect to see up there. One is, one isn't. Okay. I'm, well, Chris Bryant. Nope. Rizzo. Yes, 472 is third farthest this year. Okay. Um, I completely forgot I just Rizzo said, existed. Yeah, and then David Bodie is the other one, 469. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah. I'll, I'll give you number two. Josh Bell hit one, 470 feet. I remember that one. And finally, I'll give you one more guess at who hit the farthest home run this year. Who the farthest home run? I should, like, they usually give these stats on the MLB Instagram after it happens. Yeah, um, 482 feet. That's a long ways off. It was against the Cubs. It's against the Cubs. So it was a National League team. Nope. Shit. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not even going to guess. 482 feet. Opening week. Nomar Mazzara hit a 482-foot jack. It's the farthest home run this year. So don't forget, we're talking about home runs and the farthest ones this year. We're going to come back to that for class, so make sure you're paying attention. (laughs) Are you going to quiz me on that? No, I was talking about the the listeners in general. Uh, Are you going to re-quiz me on that? Okay. Um, But then during the Giants series, uh, Gio Urshela, who's been uh, really stepping up, um, he got hurt. Um, he he again is another one that looks like it ain't too bad. It doesn't look like he'll end up on the IL, and he may even be back for this series against Arizona. I'm not sure if it'll be the first game, but at one of the games, it looks like he'll be playing. Uh, he's really been raking. Oh yeah, he's been. I know that I was harping on uh, John Sterling for only caring about batting average, and we brought up batting average a few times, just like we were talking about. Adding average for Voight, but when it's so high and it's like 480, which is what Voight hit this week, it's okay to bring up batting average. Yeah. But in the same vein, Urshel is batting 350 this season in 57 at bats. Yeah, I, I mean, people, I, I liked him when he was with Cleveland. Like I, there was, there's a few players in the league that I like that are kind mm-hmm. of obscure and like really make no difference. Like Brad Miller was one of them. Who signed a, a minor league contract with the Yankees? Like he he played for the Rays, and I was like, this guy this guy's pretty sick. He could play. He's a utility guy. As my phone falls on the floor, he's a utility guy, who had pop, and and he's one of those like obscure ones. Gio Urshela was another one when he was with Cleveland, and he's someone that I, I looked at. And I was like, that guy is kind of sick. And then he becomes a Yankee, and I'm like expecting. I'm not expecting what he's doing at the moment. But oh, I'm certainly not, not. 
I'm not expecting pure garbage. And then he he ends up raking. And it's it's kind of like satisfying in a way. Like like the this is the best thing that could happen considering everyone in the world is hurt at the moment. Yeah, you you say this is the best thing that can happen, and I think that that is unfortunately true in more ways than one, because Gio Rochella is playing way above his pay grade, way above what he is his potential should be, what about his ceiling should be. This is his new ceiling. Uh, I have some numbers here that are unfortunately uh, unsettling. If you, especially for the crowd who wants Urshela to take over the starting third base job, don't understand that. Least, because the one thing that could help Urshela in that case is that I'm not sure if Andujar is going to be physically able to play third. But going into the future, so let's consider this in the next season, Urshela still is with the Yankees. Okay. Throughout 57 at bats this season, he's batting 353 with one home run. In 59 at bats his rookie year, this is his best streak, at least his best month, other than what's going on right now. He had 59 at-bats his rookie season with, in June when he came up with Cleveland. He batted 271 with two home runs. So okay. that's his max output in one normal, seat, normal month. This is obviously above what he should be capable of. In 2015, 17, and 18, the three seasons he played prior to the season with the Yankees, mm-hmm. he finished with a – Batting average around 225. That's what he's normally going to average. And he never hit more than six home runs, so he's not going to hit for power either. What we're seeing now is way above his ceiling, and if he plays above average, he'll wind up like Andujar last season. I'm considering above average to be his 271 average he had his rookie year with two home runs. And then you might bring up, oh, well, he's a much better defender than Andujar. Well, not... He's much better than Andujar, but he's not much better than the rest of the league. Offensively, he could wind up being like Andujar if he plays great at the plate. And at worst, he'll end up being a league average defender with no offensive worth. His OPS is roughly 627, even though he's batting. He's, um, his OPS is 924 right now. So even with that boost this month, he's still a very bad hitter throughout his career. And in his longest season... Defensively, he had zero defensive runs saved, and his career defensive runs saved is negative five. So he is an upgrade at third base defensively, but he's still below below league average at third base. So I think we're going to be really reaching if we want Urshela to stay the third base for the long term. Not talking this season because I think he's going to get a lot more playing time with uh, Andujar's type of injury with his shoulder. But I wouldn't expect him to keep up this 350 batting average, and I cert—I don't even think I'd expect him to bat 270 this year. I think, unfortunately, he's going to come back down to earth. He's not going to hit home runs. It's never been his game. He's no. only the most he's hit is six, as I said. So he's going to end up being pretty disappointing at at the plate. And again, his defense is going to be below average. Uh, here, here's the thing for the people. Like I saw multiple tweets. There are people that like I actually thought like I liked their tweets. Yeah, that um, they, they were requested to go. There's no way I'm taking out Urshela right now for Andujar, and especially if they're with this defense. And I'm sorry. I mean, that that I'm gonna ask you if you could, like completely put it, throw away everything you just said. Like pretend uh-huh. like don't. That's never been stated. Who is gonna be a Yankee for years to come? Gio Urshela. Or Miguel Andujar. Miguel 
it, wait, do I have to choose one? No, like who? Who? Which one of them do you like? Will be a the a Yankee going on for years? It'll be a Duhar. Like no one's yeah, gonna, no yeah. one's even pretending that Urshela is going to be a Yankee about beyond this year. Like at most, he'll be what Toe was. Yeah, but like at most, to- Toe is Toe. Ronald Torres, he's playing for the uh, Rochester Red Wings in the win system right now, which is again my farm. The team in where I live, and yeah. he's batting under a hundred. Is he really? Yeah, that's a shame. I love Toe. Um, Me too. But as we said, like, so when it comes to that, you have to play your young rookie that's going to be yeah. a Yankee for a while. That's going to be your player at third for going on for what you hope is your dynasty. Above Gio Urshela, who had a good April. So so we all basically believe that Duhar is at least for... I'm thinking, like, what's the worst case scenario for Duhar in terms of years of the He gets traded. Yankees? Yeah. But then, like, like when will that happen? Like, that's not going to happen this year. What are we... Are we, Is there a world where Duhar He's a free agent until 2024. Exactly. So is there a world where the Yankees... Trade and Duhar and Urshela is the third baseman for this year. No, no, no that's not a thing. So people are saying, uh, when Duhar comes back, his defense scares me. Blah 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 blah. Um, so I don't, I don't want him at third. Put him in DH. Okay, what happens when Stanton comes back? Okay, so Stanton goes to the left. Okay, what happens when Clint comes back? Which is going to happen yeah. before Stanton comes back. I'm and not Clint dr- Frazier. Is is a better player than Urshela? Exactly. I am not dropping Clint for Urshela. It's not going to happen. I won't do it. Uh, but as I was trying to say earlier, when it comes to analytics, I agree with a lot of things. I agree with most things. The one thing that I cannot agree on is the fact that they really they don't believe in hot. That's something I do not agree with. When someone's on, they are on. And the reason I believe that, obviously, I've never been in the MLB. So I can't be talking from experience, obviously. But I listen to Pete Rose talk about hitting, and he brings up Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez is wonderful to listen to when it comes to stuff like that. And when I listen to these major league hitters, who Pete Rose is arguably uh, one of the best hitters of all time. He has the most hits of all time. A-Rod, you take away the, those, those steroid scandals. And he's arguably one of the best baseball players of all time. So even with the steroids, he's still one of the best baseball players in all time. Yeah, I, I love A Rod. Like I have, I Jeter was my favorite player growing up. But I mean, A Rod, it was probably the better player. Um. So so if you I can interject, if I can interject, I think you're trying to say that he's he's hot, so we should ride him while he's hot. But eventually, he's going to come back down to earth because, as I mentioned. His previous best stretch was exactly. adding 271. That's exactly with what I'm saying. One home run. And he's he's only hit one home run and he's batting 350. He's going to come back down to earth and he's not going to come back down to that 270 mark. He's probably going to come back down to that 230 mark. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is is Ryan Wally's hot, but yeah. I'm not dropping Clint Frazier to the AAA in, for Gio Urshela. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to drop in a Duhar for Gio Urshela. 
Gio Urshela, while good at the moment, he could become one of those people that we had. Remember the March Madness we had where we were choosing our favorite short-term Yankees? He can absolutely become one of those players. But this man is not going to be a Yankee, barring serious injuries, playing in a World Series or being in an opening day roster. All right, yeah. well, let, let's move more on to the um, the Arizona uh, series where um, Eduardo Escobar was, uh, Luke Voigt obviously was player of the week for the uh, American League. Eduardo Escobar was player of the week for the National League. He hit 480. That's crazy with three home runs <laughs> yeah. uh, and eight RBIs. Um, he's someone to look out, but obviously he only bats once out of the whole nine people in the lineup, looking at the whole Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, they're 11th in MLB power rankings. They're obviously better than Giants are. Um, they had a 24 inning scoreless streak in the bullpen, which I wouldn't have predicted. Like, no. I, like, like I don't. Who's the what? How many uh, closer? How many people in the bullpen can you name? I know Brad Boxberger. Yeah. Uh, Archie Bradley. That's I it. do know Archie that's, know. that's yeah, that's basically and Archie Bradley because that beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, glasses. So like really that's it that I know about the time that I'm gonna take a here. Quick, I do have something quick at the uh, roster. They were they were ranked seventeenth before this week and what the new power rankings come out, they're ranked eleven. So it was the biggest jump in the MLB power rankings, and that has a lot to do because of what they did to the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Diamondbacks played in Pittsburgh, and they swept the Pirates in a four-game series. But besides a 2-1 win on Tuesday, they thrashed the Pirates. They won 12-4, 2-1, as I mentioned, 11-2, and 5-0. They followed that up with an 8-3 win uh, against the Cubs. Then they went on to lose two to the Cubs. But the, uh, the Diamondbacks have hit have, – have, were really putting a show on while they were in Pittsburgh, and – uh, they're going to be coming into this series looking to avenge the the late, the long 15-inning loss they suffered to the Cubs on Sunday night. So I'd be pretty worried about this Arizona Diamondbacks teams. They're one of the better teams the Yankees are going to be facing throughout this early part of the season, at least in April, when you consider how bad the Red Sox were and the other lower-tier teams, even though Detroit was playing well at the time. I think that the Diamondbacks are the best team, besides the Astros, obviously, that the Yankees have played in the first month of the year. And uh, quick note, Brad Boxberger is no longer a Diamondback. Uh, oh, man. He's now in Kansas City. Um, and the I'm looking at the roster here. The only other um, reliever I know is Greg Holland. So All right. it's, it's him and Archie Bradley. Those are the only two I know for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um. So you're saying keep your eyes open for Greg Holland and Archie Bradley. I do have another player for people to watch. His name is John Ryan Murphy, the ex-Yankee. Uh, we traded him as a part of the Aaron Hicks deal. Yep. He was like a prospect for us, like a good prospect for us. Like it, we got him one for like what we got Aaron Hicks one for one with J.R. Murphy. So obviously he never really lived up to what he was going to be. Uh, but I really, I was really rooting for him, and it's kind of a shame. Me too. 
that it that it happened the way that it did. Yeah, looking at his his stats, he's the highest he's ever batted uh, in a shorter stint. He batted three twenty seven for the Yankees in twenty fifteen. Uh, he doesn't hit many homers at all. He's only got he doesn't even have twenty home runs yet. The most he's hit in a season is nine, which is last year. Uh, obviously, his catching is where he's he's a lot better. Um, he is above league average as a as a catcher, and the catching position is very important. So, yeah, and obviously we had two catching prospects. Um, one was J.R. Murphy, the other was Gary Sanchez, and I think we made the right choice. Yeah, I hope so. As long as Six can come back. Yeah, as long as well. Yeah, as long as Six can come back, Six will come well, back. Oh, I, you better hope to but, God with that contract yeah. that we just gave him. Oh my God! And yeah, I take Sanchez over Murphy any day. Even though I do love John Ryan Murphy, bringing up the Red Wings again, the AAA team. He was part of the the Twins organization for a while after, obviously after he was traded to in the Hicks trade, and uh, I got to see him play in Rochester a little bit. He's a great guy. So I root, I root for John Ryan Murphy, and it makes it easier that he's in the NL. So here's just three days where I won't be rooting for John because he's playing our Yankees. Yeah. Um, now now we're going to do what we like to call going around the horn, where you go around the league and look at stories that don't relate to the Yankees um, completely. Uh, Christian Yelich, as we were, we were talking about last podcast, he, he had... At that time, it was 13 home runs. Zero of them came on the road. Uh, yep. He, I believe, if I'm not wrong, I'm probably wrong. I don't think it was that day. But not long after that, he's in City Field uh, playing against the Mets, and he hits a jack to get his first road home run. Number 14, that ties him with A-Rod and Pujols. For the most home runs before May 1st. Um, if I can say something about that real quick. I think that's... I'm not going to say that stat's baloney. But I'm going to say that it could be a little bit fraudulent. Because the season doesn't always start on the same day. Yeah, that's a, that's a, really, that's a really astute observation, if I'm being honest. I never would have thought of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because... It yeah. started March 28th this year. It started April to... 2nd sometimes. It starts early April. Sometimes it starts late March. So before Do you May know first, what year Rodriguez hit that many home runs? No. I'm not even going to pretend to. What year? Was... We can look at, we can look at it. <laughs> I don't know. I, what... Well, you look that up. Uh, and I'm going to guess Pujols no, did the... it. I can't look it up. All right, whatever. I'm going to guess that Pujols did it when he was with the Cardinals. Um, I could be wrong. It could have been there in the early days of the uh, Angels days. Um, quick question about that. Because Pujols, actually, he just passed Barry Bonds. I believe it was for RBIs. Um, yep. Where... Pujols is obviously moonwalking into the Hall of Fame. Cardinals hat or Angels hat? Cardinals hat. That's what I thought. But part of me thinks that it's going to be no hat because they like to ruin all their fun. Oh, I can see that. I hate when they do that, if I'm going to be honest with you. Like, there's a few that I agree with doing it with. They did it with Mike Mussina. That's baloney. Um, they did it with Holiday the, as well? 
they did it with holiday, but that was on family request, so I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, but the, if you remember, I don't know if I told someone this and they didn't know it. It actually kind of shocked them. Uh, players don't get to pick it anymore. Like they used to be able to pick what hat they're running with. They can't pick anymore. Now Are you sure? Yeah. But here's what happened. Uh, Wade Boggs was going into the hall. Um, and the hat he picked was the Rays. And it was really questionable. They were like, why is he picking the Rays above the Red Sox and the Yankees? Like, he didn't play there nearly as long as the other places, blah, 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 blah. It turns out, back then they were the Devil Rays. He, they paid him. The Tampa Bay uh... Devil Rays paid Wade Boggs to choose them because they were a starting franchise and they wanted to have a Hall of Famer. In as a as in as a devil ray, and I guess it was figured out, and ever since then, players can't pick. Um, I think that some players have such garnered so much respect that they could give their word, and their word is heavy in consideration. I'm yep. sure that's a thing, but as far as I know, the players can no longer pick their hats. Which, I hate you, Wade Boggs. You've ruined everything. <laughs> but so did Messina get to choose not to wear a hat? Messina didn't choose it. The The league did. Oh, all right. Messina actually said that he's kind of glad that happened because he wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. pick. Um, oh, okay. All right. Um, so that happened. I, did, I, I found the month that he hit 14. He hit 14 home runs. In 23 games. What year was that? In 2007. Ah. <laughs> good. That's a good guess. So 93, ga- 93 at-bats in 23 games. When you look up Christian Yelich this season. Oh, I, and while you're looking at that, Christian Yelich uh, then gets hurt. So <laughs> he hurts his back. Uh, it looks like he's going to avoid the IL. Um but, yeah, look at that. Ooh, not 29 games in 2019 and 102 at-bats. So not too many more at-bats, but definitely more games for Yelich. Yeah. It took Yelich 29 games and 102 at-bats. It took Alex Rodriguez 23 games and 98 at-bats. All right, well, 93 at-bats. And, uh, and then literally... A few days after that, Bellinger ties him. So now there's four with 14 home runs before May 1st. But again, that's fraudulent. The seasons don't start same year, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, Speaking of home runs, Chris Davis had a yeah, home run, third one. His third one. Um, I want to do math. How many games have we played so far? Or how many has he played? No, just in the season. How many games have been played so far? Let's just look for the Orioles. How many games have the Orioles played so far? Blah, 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 blah. Baltimore. They are three. Oh, wait, no, that's the last ten. They are ten and 19, so they played 29 games. So he's hit three in 29 games. So there's 162. You divide that by 29. So there will be five more stretches of that. Um... He times that by three. 
He'll have 16 home runs. I win the bet. <laughs> and when we check out... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're. I'm not worried at all about him unless he goes on a monster run. Yeah, if he's not hitting 30, I'm going to be good. I'm not going to need to worry about it. Um, but someone who should but be... But there is someone, yeah. Someone who should be quite worried. Um, because... The only thing missing from Chris Davis's contract is a release date, because eventually he's going to get released. There's no way that any that he stays here for the stays in Baltimore for the rest of that contract. Um, a woman who I sent you. Well, the, he might though. Where where else would he go? Who wants him? He won't go anywhere. He'll just live out that contract on the couch in retirement, making a ton of money, sitting doing nothing. Um, but okay, so this woman. She's 59 years old. Her skin is as as clean as a freshly mopped floor. Is that a saying? I don't know. Um, she's She got sick and tired of all the Chris Davis hate during his streak of of not being able to get hit. I can't I can't believe someone gave him hate for that. Um, she gets a tattoo. Like, a straight up, a real tattoo of, like, that freaking bird, or that bird batting with, like, really choked up on the bat. It looks all yeah. wacky. I hate that bird. Uh, and then It kind of looks like the San Diego Padre. It logo. does. And then it has, like, the 19 under the bird uh, signifying Chris Davis. So, I guess you could say it's more of an Oriole tattoo. And hopefully a, a great Oriole will wear the number 19. But the moment it's a Chris Davis tattoo, uh, the Orioles replied to the tweet uh, saying that they loved it. She's going to get some Chris Davis signed memorabilia that in the future may be worth $3. So let's see how it ends up. But um, I, I think that woman made a bad investment. Yeah, it's a good story, though. It's, yeah. it's, it certainly is question crazy. I don't know. I don't know what she's, she's fifty nine and hasn't had a single tattoo, and this is the first one she gets. I mean, come on! Like, I would expect <laughs> this from like. Have you ever watched a tattoo show where these people have so many tattoos that sometimes they'll just get a tattoo and put it in a spot that's crowded? You won't even notice it's there. Like their tattoo, yeah, they'll just get like, like... F- fun, stupid tattoos. Kind of like me, I'm 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 on the verge of that. I have a uh, four tattoos actually. Yeah, I like I fully. Want, I don't have any tattoos at the moment. I, this summer, I think I'll end up getting one. I want to get a few. I have plenty of ideas. Tattoos are great, but I mean, this is your first tattoo. Are you serious? <laughs> like usually, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if a guy or woman who had full on sleeves. And like a big back piece got this tattoo because it could. At that point, they they pictured them almost as like funny conversation starters. That would yeah. be a great conversation starter. When you have one, well, hers hers is on her arm, and it's not e- even easy to hide. Like all no, my tattoos are hidden. So. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I yeah. can't even believe the tattoo artist agreed to do it. I must have had no idea who it was. All right. <laughs> well, Chris Sale. Uh. Moves to zero and five, so I. <laughs> it's there's cr- nothing much to say here besides he's trash. He he's playing like garbage. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I hope it continues. Um, 
The one positive about Chris Sale being 0-5, if you can find any, besides it's good for the Yankees, is that he's not on the following list. We already talked about StatCast and Gary Sanchez's home run being uh, hit 467 feet, which is the fifth farthest. And I noticed that Tyler Skaggs was on the list twice, and I was wondering, oh, I wonder if anyone's on that list more than twice. So we're looking at pitchers on the top 50 farthest home runs hit so I was wondering if anyone has gotten more than two top 50 distances hit off of them this season. Turns out, yes. Tyler Skaggs, Yusei Kikuchi, Zach Godley, and Johnny Venters, and Yimmy Garcia have all given up two home runs on that top 50 list of farthest home runs. I'm not going to lie. I only know two names well. The other, I know Kikuchi I and Skaggs. Yimmy, the other, I forgot Yimmy Garcia existed. Yeah, I don't really even know these guys. I'm sorry. Uh, there is one player, one pitcher with more than two home runs given up on this list. One player who has more than two home runs given up on this list of far bombs given up this year is Robbie Ray. He's given up three. And what's kind of questionable what's kind of questionable to me here, it's kind of more interesting than Robbie Ray giving up three home runs on this top 50 list is the speed of which the home runs were hit off of. I'm not talking about the exit velocity, we're talking about the pitch speed. I I remember coaches say the faster it comes in, the farther it goes out. It comes in, the, the harder it will go out. That's not necessarily true because of the top 30 farthest home runs hit this season, only two of them have been hit off a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, and only one was hit off a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. No home run of the top 30 farthest home runs this year have been hit on a fastball going faster than 96 miles per hour. The other 27 home runs that have been hit in the top 30 that went the farthest were hit off stuff going in the lower 90s and a lot of stuff in the upper 80s, and there were even some stuff in the low in the mid-70s. So you may want look for fastballs to drive as line drives, but crush out of the park and go about 460 feet like Sanchez did, you're going to be looking for something in the mid-80s, high 70s, even the low 90s. Yeah, and it was weird seeing Robbie Ray there, considering he's been known to be pretty good, but this yeah. year he has um, he struggled a little bit. He has a, a 4.18 ERA at the moment with a whip of 1.24. So he's given he's averaging more than yeah. one, one walk uh, or hit per base inning. Base runner. Yeah, he's given more than one base runner in inning. Uh, 17 walks. I feel like that's a lot. It's six games to start. That 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 could be questionable. And he has a .5 WAR, so he hasn't started off all great. Um, and he's given up. You said this three of the um of the Top longest 50. home run distance. Um, he's so he's given up four home runs. So oh my gosh. So three of them have went far. So I don't know how far the fourth one went, but 75% are going a very long way. Well, you know what this means for us? The Yankees obviously love to hit home runs. Mm-hmm. I would put my money on Sanchez or any other one of the Yankees hitting a hitting a ball farther than 467 in this series if they play Rob Ray. Let me see. We have – it doesn't look like we're getting Rob Ray. Because it's only oh, two, that's too bad. It's only a two-game series. It looks like we're getting uh, Merrill Kelly 
and Zach Greinke. Um, Speaking of home runs, though, Zach Greinke's known to hit a... I think he's hit two home runs. Yeah, and Tanaka is, is playing that game against Greinke. I don't want no. to see him swing no. that bat. No. I, I guarantee s- you they told him not to swing the bat. Don't swing the bat. Don't walk. Like, if you're swinging the bat, you're swinging it very slowly at a pitch that is so far out of the strike zone. Because I, I don't want to see him run a base. Like, I think that would literally be like a slow death. Just watching Tanaka on base. Run the bases, yeah. That'd be horrifying. Like, I've never heard of a man tear both ACLs. I've never heard of that. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> both ACLs. The, fu- the funniest... Not ACLs, hamstrings. Hamstrings, yeah, my bad. ACLs oh my would be way worse. <laughs> <laughs> hamstrings. They're around the same area. But, um... The... The funny thing, it, there was uh, in wrestling. I'm a, a wrestling fan. There was one time where, where Vince McMahon ran into the ring. And he, like, slid into the ring. He stands up and he falls to the floor. And he's, like, yelling at the people in the ring while sitting down. It's, like, really, it's a weird image. Like, when you yell at someone, you're standing up to them. Like, he's sitting down on his, like, his crisscross applesauce almost. Yelling at these people. It's because when he ran into the ring, he tore both of his quads. <laughs> both of them. Like, that's literally Masahiro Tanaka. Is, is him running home. A professional wrestler. And tearing both hamstrings. That was the weirdest thing I, I've ever seen. And ho- hopefully, God willing, it, never, it doesn't happen. I don't want to see him on a base. If he gets on base... I don't care if it's he the better first. be hitting a home run. That's it. The only way he gets on base is it's a home run. It better be a home run, or if he gets on base, I don't care if it's even a first inning. Pinch run a guy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't care. I am not watching Masahiro Tanaka on that base path ever. It's not. Gonna, I can't do it. Um, with that being said, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. Um, let's get a, a two. A two-game series sweep here. Uh, let's run Granky back into his bad contract. And go Yankees. Go Yankees. Elevator going up. In the gleaming corridor of the 51st floor. The money can be made if you really want some more. Executive decision. A clinical precision. Jumping from the windows. Fill with.